You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1094. So one thing I have realized about life in general, that there are two things that if you want to progress and want to do well and be fulfilled, right, is that you must do the things that you're afraid of and do the things that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid of it. So in media, I was like, well, that means you need to do it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. There are three ways to get real estate deals at a discount, okay? The first way is through marketing, right? This is how you get your leads. You you pay money and people call you. The second way is to prospect, right? This is where you're going to go and you're going to get on the phones and you're going to go with a lot of energy and enthusiasm and you're going to call people that own these properties that are in distress and find opportunities. And the third way is to get referrals from people that know, like, and trust you. And that third way is where we're going to really deep dive into this unbelievable podcast today, because imagine this, imagine you go to the skating rink every single week and you're skating around with your friends and you're talking about what you're doing. And during the breaks, they mention to you that there's an ugly property in their complex or somebody's going through a distressed situation. That's exactly what happened to this incredible wholesaler out of Columbus, Ohio. It is my absolute pleasure to bring on one of my favorite people on planet earth, Stephanie Hunt to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Stephanie, say hello to everybody. Yes. Hello, everyone. It's good to see you. Listen, we are we are going to blow you away with energy and enthusiasm on this podcast. <laughs> that is it. Well, Stephanie, I am so excited. This is long overdue, but it's the truth. I mean, you go roller skating every week and and listen, you never know where the referrals are going to are going to come from. That's why you can't be hidden, right? You can't be secretive about this business. You got to go out there and you need to get loud and let people know that you can be of service to the people that have these rundown houses or vacant houses or going through foreclosure or whatever else. So, when did you start getting loud in your business with the people that you know and socialize with? So really, I started really getting loud when I joined TTP. Before, I not so much, but I did get my first deal um, at the skating ring. And that was just really just in communication, just because I like people. I do like to talk and people like to share things. So that's, that's how it first began. But like really, really getting loud is when definitely joining TTP for real. Like you need to let everyone know what you're doing. Everyone. I'm like, well, so well and you got really, you got really uncomfortable. We did a 75 day challenge and you literally made a video and posted videos to social media and YouTube every single day of the ups, the downs. I mean, there were some in there where you had so much joy and, and excitement. And then there were some where you were crying and frustrated yeah. and, and you showed all of this and, and that's just to the general world. But I mean, I, I feel like you have like everybody that you know, knows what you're up to, knows what you're looking for, knows what you're excited about. 
how did you get past that? How did you get past from kind of like being a little bit quieter to, to getting louder? And was that difficult? So one thing I have realized about life in general, that there are two things that if you want to progress and want to do well and be fulfilled, right, is that you must do the things that you're afraid of and do the things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid of it. So in media, I was like, well, that means you need to do it. And I didn't want to do it because I was afraid of it. And that means you really got to do it. That's what it was. Yeah. And and listen, so just to give a little background here on Stephanie, Stephanie graduated from the Ohio State University. I mean, you, you had your sights set on on corporate America. You were doing it. You got your, what was it, a, fin- a financial planning degree. And then walk us through what happened after that and what your life's been like and a little bit. Give us some texture to your life here. Yeah. So I had a degree and I started working at Walmart here in Columbus. They had this separate new facility that they built and it wasn't like a a store. And I was hired as their accountant. So I was just progressing in and just doing things. And I was having children. So I have three sons. So my first son had, was already born and good to go. And so then I had twins and I just really felt that God was saying, Hey, you need to stay home with them. And I was like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to stay home. That's too much work. I know that's way more work than being here, but yep. that little you know, voice just would not let go. So finally I did, I came home and it was like the best thing ever. It was fantastic. So as I was staying home with them, I end up homeschooling them also, which that was a whole nother transition in my life. I never would have thought that. I thought homeschooling was the most stupid thing you could ever do to your children. It's not. It was great. Yeah. And then my dad, while I was in the process of going to start homeschooling them, I was over his house and he said, hey, you should read this book. And I was like, okay, cool. I, you know, I was pretty much a reader. And then... I said, have you read it? He was like, no, I haven't read it. He said, but you should read it. And it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read that book. That was in 2012. So that corporate America mindset, because I was just waiting to get back into corporate America. I was just waiting to say, okay, hey, you're old enough. Your kids go, children, because mom's going back to work. You know, I want to wear heels and I want to look good every day and strut my stuff, right? That's just... (laughs) Sure. It was my mindset, right? So I read that and it just clicked. It changed. Mm-hmm. And there it is. From that time on, I knew that when my time came, I was going to do wholesaling. I was going to go into real estate. Yeah. And did you start, I mean, did you go down and really pull on that thread and start like getting more books or listening to more? I mean, podcasts really weren't even a thing in 2012. So it was just like books. So, so I read a book, I read that book. And then of course, as things go, so happened the rich dad, poor dad seminars were coming to Columbus. So just as that, you know, and so I went to the seminar, did that a couple of times, did the upsell, went to the next thing. And, and actually started trying. I actually had talked to a distressed property owner and she had several and she had wanted to sell. So I got her under, under agreement and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I freaked out and I called her. I was like, I got to cancel. She was so mad. Oh, she was mad. And I was like, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So 
at that time, then I, it was time for me to start homeschooling. So, but it was still always just there in the back of my mind. And then when the time came with the younger ones went off to when they were in their senior year and everybody was kind of stable and just really progressing and like good, I began. I love it. And and you had twins. I mean, your, your youngest were twins. I mean, that's a, that's a whole bunch of, I mean, that takes up a lot of time and attention. And we talk about that, right? We talk about time management. No, it's not that it's priority management. No, it's not that it's energy management. No, it's not that it's attention management. Where are you putting your attention every single day? And you've got these two beautiful little boys that are, you know, running around, you're homeschooling them. You're literally putting in all, you're teaching them everything, reading, writing, math, the whole stuff, all the way up to what? Eighth grade. Yep. Right. Exactly. Eighth all grade. the way up to eighth grade. And then you're doing that. And you're still having that, that mentality of, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to be just a, you know, working for somebody for forever and having them have all the control. And so how do you make that transition? So now the kids are out of the, the nest, so to speak. Yeah. And then what? You're like, okay, well, I guess it's time. I got time now. I got attention now. Like, where do I pour this into? What'd you do first? So I started listening to podcasts, went on to YouTube, and I found Max Maxwell first. Sure. And Wholesaling Inc. and just general Wholesaling Inc. And then I found Brent Daniels. So, and that I knew. I was like, you know, Brent Daniels, that's the one because he gives instruction. Like he's mm-hmm. telling me exactly what to do. So just listen to Brent Daniels and do it. So that's just what I did. I just started listening and I just started doing it. And I drove around for dollars. I didn't even know about Dill Machine. It was around, but I didn't know anything about it Yep. at the time. And so I was had that pamphlet, writing stuff down, going to the auditor's website. I used white pages back then, skip traced and oh, went to real estate meetups start doing that. And I met my first mentor through, Oh, I met my first mentor talking to someone at a restaurant. How did that work out? It it worked out. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was at a restaurant and this gentleman was sitting a table across from me. And I don't know, the quarters were kind of small. So someone looked like it was like weird and awkward, like, Hey, you know, but, (laughs) and he had this shirt on, it said thrive. So tell me, I said, what is, what does that mean? And he's like, Oh, I work with this company. They come in and help other companies give more to the community. They, you know, structure that to give more. And so he was kind of going to them. He was really excited, very passionate about it. And he was like, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I said, you know, I'm learning how to wholesale. That's what I'm doing. He said, oh, you need to call this person. He gave me their number right away. And then I went home and called him. So you, you didn't have any hesitation there. You just called this person up and they, they were cool. Good question. Oh, yes. Like, let's talk about the mental game here, Stephanie, because you, you've really been on both sides of it, right? You, you've had some, you've had some deals that you had locked up that didn't go through that were like really devastating to you because you really, yeah, listen, you want to be successful and that's a driving force, but you also want to be of service Correct. to the community and be able to, to close on these deals so that, you know, you're, you're actually helping people out of their situation, right? Right. So let's talk about the realness of this business, the ups and downs of it. So the, the conversation in the restaurant was very easy for me, but me picking up the phone and calling this gentleman, that was hard. I literally walked up and down my street like four or five times and said, you're going to do this. Why? Just call. What were you, what were you nervous afraid. about? I mean, I knew that for one, there's that, that fear of, well, he has a lot of money. You don't have no money. He's better than you. 
you know, so that was a fear. Sure. And, well, he's like, what you're calling me for? The rejection is a fear. Yep. The you're dumb is a fear, you know, like, ugh, you're just so what, what's wrong with you? Oh, 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 here's another one. You're just too old for this. You're too late into the game. You know, just forget that. Right. Sure. So those are definitely. And I, I remember it was, it was a nice day and I just kept walking up and down. I was like, you can do this. You're going to make this call. You're going to call them. And I literally was like, okay, five, four, three, two, one, call, do it. Yep. Yeah. And I called And how'd it go? He was great. He was fantastic. Oh, so, so all of those hallucinations that you were having before the call didn't happen? Didn't happen. All lies. (laughs) Just lies. Yeah. Well, listen, we tell ourselves a lot of things, you know what I mean? And sometimes, sometimes you do have those conversations. Sometimes people aren't great. You don't know until you take that action and, and you actually get on the phone with them and then you kind of realize, and, and you know, you know, people's personality types, you know, if people are going to want to be a go-giver and want to help other people out, or if they're just kind of like standoffish and maybe it's just not the right time, or maybe they're just not the right person, yeah. but you were brave. Yeah. You swallowed all those fears. You made the call and it ended up going great. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. What'd you learn from this mentor? So I learned how to approach sellers or potential sellers on the phone. So he would actually take time and role play with me. He was like, okay, so here it is. This is ring, 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 ring. And hello, you know, you don't know me. My name is Stephanie Hunt and I'm calling about your property on such and such, such street. So, so he kind of helped me with that and he just kept practicing. He was like, okay, come on, you gotta get good. You gotta get better at it. And sure enough, I mean, it worked. Let me ask you this. When you were starting out, was it easier in your mind? Was it easier calling the people that owned these properties that were in rough shape or rough situations? Or was it harder calling the person that you thought had a bunch of money and wouldn't give you the time of day? The money. Right. The money. And where does that come from? Where does that come from? So it comes from the belief that people with money are evil. Right. That's where it comes from. <laughs> that they're sure. Yep. That they're mean. That they're right. Mean. They're selfish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. That's they're not going to give you the time of day. Exactly. Right. And it's so not true. Where does that, where did that come from? Is that something that you've experienced? I mean, did you have a bad experience with somebody that was wealthy or is it just. I did. So I grew up in a home where it was a very simple three bedroom, two bath home. And I mean, the neighborhood was. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a little sketchy rent, you know what I mean? But yeah. And then we, we left that neighborhood and I was like 17 and we moved into this big new built house and it was just so fantastic. And it was an awful experience for me. Like my parents kind of changed their dynamic and their thinking. And I don't know if it's maybe money just got too tight for them. Maybe they just couldn't do it, but it just was not friendly and great and homey. Like it was when with the house that I, I grew up in. So sure. I had that. And so then, of course, you know, movies influence you. Most movies yep. are always big time that rich people are evil almost yep. all the time. So, yes. So that was definitely a fear for that. But I'm going to tell you what happened for me that also helped trans to transform my mind is I did this random part time job that just laid in my lap and it was just like perfect for my situation. And it was like catering for a five-star restaurant. Right. And they just like, Hey, just come be a server and you can pick what shift you wanted. You could just pick what event you wanted to serve in. 
And the first one I did, they turned an airport hangar into a beautiful ballroom. And it was gorgeous, like plush carpet. I mean, all this stuff. And I got there and I ended up serving like this man, these people. I mean, they were wealthy. I mean, like there were people from the president of Israel was there. The former president of Israel was there. I mean, it was just incredible. Yeah. And that job opened my eyes. I realized the people who are sitting closest to the front, they were the most nice. They always asked, well, what's your name? And they remembered it. They always were just, and that helped that transformation to help. But it was still still a hard thing to call even the wealthier people. I love it. It's uh, my, my aunt put a, a great perspective in my mind, she's catered for years and years and years and years and all the, all the fanciest parties and corporate events and everything. And she made a point that said the people that are climbing are a lot meaner than the people that are already there. That's right. You That's know what right. I mean? And I thought that that was a really interesting yeah. perspective and not just from a perspective of like, you know, okay, the be nice when you, when you get to a certain level of success or a certain level of respect or whatever it is, right. but like, be nice on the way up too. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, great. Like it's not hard to do. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, it is. So I love it. So, okay, good. Well, you crushed all that. You made the call. You talked to the mentor. He's doing great. Or she, is it a guy or gal? It was, it was, a, it was a male. Yeah, it was a guy. Okay. And so he's helping you out, role playing. You're building the skills. You're feeling more confident. You're going out there. You have no problem talking to the property owners, which I always find is, is a lot easier. A lot of people have a, a bigger problems when they're approaching cash buyers mm -hmm. than they do with the properties that they get from driving for dollars yeah. and the properties that are vacant and all these other things, right? Um, or pre-foreclosures that, that they have no problem reaching out to, to those people and, and helping them out, but going to the people that quote unquote are so wealthy that, that they could buy these properties cashers they can't most of the time cash buyers are just people that get hard money loans exactly. and uh, have been doing it you know a little bit have a, have some savings do some hard money loans but it, it's an interesting change right it's an interesting change and once you once you realize that like we're all humans you know we all have a, a certain time on this planet and everybody can be kind everybody it's amazing wants to be liked that's the other thing too every i don't care who you are everybody wants to be liked everybody that's right yeah that's right. So you go out there and you start talking to everybody and letting people know and getting some wind behind your back with this mentor. And then you come into my world and we're going and we're pushing hard. And I remember as soon as you came in, you were like, go, 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 go. Check out this deal and check out this deal. And is this a deal and this and this? And we had a lot of fun and you locked up some deals and got them through. But let's break down. Let's break down the, the roller skating deal. Okay. 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 Let's break down this referral that you got because I think it's amazing. And you did a great job documenting this guys. If you, if you want to check it out, Stephanie, let them know what your YouTube channel is. Uh, Stephanie hunt, Stephanie hunt. That's it. Stephanie hunt three. I think. Oh no. That's Just put Stephanie hunt real estate and you'll find Stephanie. Yeah. You'll yeah. Find me. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Yep. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So I go skating every week. And I began since was TTP starting to let people know exactly what I do. So when people say, what's going on? I know happened with your boys and I'm like, yeah, well, what are you doing now? They're all grown. I'm like, well, I'm learning how to wholesale homes. Or now I just say I wholesale homes. Well, what does that mean? They don't know. Right. What does that mean? Right. What does that mean? So I tell them. And then, so this young girl who is like so close to me now, like we're just, oh, it, she's just so dear to me. She's like my daughter. But anyways, so she comes to me and she was like, you know, Miss Stephanie, 
I think that I got this property over here and this lady has passed away. She gave the property to her niece. The niece doesn't live here. They live in Michigan. And, you know, I've been circling that property. She's like, I walk my dog all the time and I just keep going by that property, going by that property. And so then one day she called and she said, I think somebody's in there. I think they're there. And I said, knock on the door, go knock on the door and find out right now. Go do that. And she's like, really? I said, yes, go do it. So she did. And the lady was there and she called me. She's like, she's here. And they're definitely interested in selling the property. I said, okay, I'm on my way. So I went over there right away. It was, it was, it was really, really bad. What do you you mean? Describe it. I want to know what bad means. So it wasn't that it was so junky or anything. I mean, that it was, but she had cats and it smelled like pee. There were fleas all over the place. She had these two little, little, beautiful, cute little kids and she was making them food and they were sitting down on the floor with the cat pee and fleas. You could just, oh, it was just, it was so bad. But we mm-hmm. were gracious. We were kind. We loved on them and gave them some options. Like we got permission to take pictures of the property. And sure enough, I was like, well, we got to lock them up. So we went ahead and put a, together the purchase agreement. Was the, was the person there with the kids the owner? Yes. The yeah. out-of-state owner? Were they just in right. town for a little bit? Did they move? Like For one week. They were in there for one week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. She was in town for one week. And I later found out that the reason why... So she would leave the cats there when she would go out of town. And they would just be in the house, just, you know, obviously running the house. They were ruling the place, so... Yeah, That's why it was so bad because they would just be there by themselves. And um, so, yeah, so she was just there for one week. And so to Mia, that's who was the referral. So I was telling her what to do. And so we went back. We talked to her, got the purchase agreement done. And I got some advice. She wanted to sell it. Oh, yeah. She definitely wanted to sell it. What was the motivation? Well, she lived in she lived in another state. Right. And she was just here. And it was a burden to it. And oh, you know what? This is big. This is huge. How am I forgetting this? Is that it was going to foreclosure. It had a. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to foreclosure. So I guess had taken out another loan on it. Or I think maybe the daughter, I think maybe the niece did, honestly. And they weren't making payment on it. And so it was going into foreclosure. So that was, that was the other thing too. And then they weren't taking care of it. I mean, she was living in Michigan. They weren't taking care of it at all. So, yeah. And what did you, you start negotiating? Mm-hmm. Did she give you a price first that they want that, that she wanted for it? Or yeah. did you have to like throw out some first? How did that go? So she wanted 75 at first and the ARVs in that area at the time, which, you know, is a lot different now, was going for about 140. What's ARV stand for? After repair value. So when it's looking good. So when it's looking great, when it's at its best, when, when it's pristine. It, it goes 140 looking great. Do you remember about how big the property was? I, mean, I don't. So, cause it was a, it was like a townhouse. Right. You know, I had a basement. It was two bedrooms, one and a half bath. Maybe a thousand square feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would probably need thousand. like 40 grand in work. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you got one four. It's worth one forty. It needs forty k worth of work. They want seventy five. Right. It's a really tight deal at that point. It's right. Tight. Right. 
so she introduces me and says, hey, she's going to help me buy this property because she had already, Tamia had already made relationship with them. So I started to talk to the owner and her husband. So the husband was very protective of his wife. So after he was introduced into the scenario, I didn't talk to the wife anymore at all. It was just him. That happens a lot. Okay. Either way, it doesn't matter if it's the husband or the wife, vice versa. Usually there's somebody that's running the show, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I completely understand that. You know, I get that. (laughs) So he was like, well, we can go down to 70, he said 65. So he put out there 65. Okay. And I ended up talking to one of the cash buyers that I work with here. And he just kind of like gives me good advice. And he doesn't buy everything that I put out, but he will, you know, come and say, okay, this is how I would do this. This is what I would do. So he said, just go ahead and put it out for 70,000 to your, to your buyers, even though you're only, it's going to be 65, you're locking up at 65 and just see if your buyers will buy it, you know, just see what will happen at that. So we did. And then when time went on, we had to go back into the property and pull all that stuff out. We could see that the walls all the way up to maybe your knee or shin was like cat pee. You could just see it. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I went back to them and I said, listen, I may not be the right buyer for you. I said, because I need to come down a lot lower. And he was like, well, wh- what do you mean? What are you saying? I said, we need it at about 40000 Mm-hmm. Oh, I ended it real. I learned that from Ryan, by the way. <laughs> yep. So, Ryan, my acquisition man. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. Ryan. Yes. Right from him. And so I went really, really like knowing that I really wanted it about fifty five. So he was like, oh, "I can't do that because," and he would not tell us how much was on the mortgage at all. And mm-hmm. I knew an idea from looking at batch leads what it was, but I wasn't really quite sure. You know, he wouldn't give us the payoff. So he kept that, you know, under his sleeve. He wouldn't say. And then we landed on the 55. So, and that's how we got the the final. Yeah. So you locked it up at 55. You put it out to your cash buyers. Was it the cash buyer that you talked to or did you put it, sell it to somebody else? Somebody else, completely different. Mm -hmm. And what'd you sell it for? So we sold it for 70. We sold it for the 70. 55,000 sold it for 70,000 made 15,000. Correct. That's it. That's it. Come That's on. It. Yeah. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. I love it. Look at that. From a conversation at a rolling uh rink. Rink. roller skating rink. Yep. That's incredible. Well, I mean, it's just, listen, if you really love this business, if you really want to grow something that is a strong, powerful real estate business, you need to let people know what you do. And Stephanie, you're a great example of it. You don't have a huge background in this. You haven't been doing it for a hundred years. You don't, you haven't been a realtor for forever. You haven't been, you know what I mean? Like you're just going out there and talking to the people that you know and like and love and trust and, and they want to help you out. They want to send you referrals because they know that you're going to take care of the people that you refer to them and you can walk them through and help them if they want to get into this business as well. It's just wonderful. I love it. it and it felt so good to help the people wipe away that debt for them. And then also yep. for Tamia, who was like, you know, now I can like take off work and be at home and like true. Cause she's yeah. a entrepreneur herself. 
and in a different way, she has her own business. But she was like, now I can really like do that. I have this lump sum and I can sit and just be with my child for a few months. And you split it with her. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 50-50? Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's got to feel just amazing. I mean, just yeah. absolutely incredible. And it just keeps the momentum going, right? Yes. And now she knows till the end of days that when she finds a property that is in rough shape and needs somebody to go in and put significant investment, she's bringing it to you. Yeah, exactly. She's going to bring it to me. That's it. That is incredible. Well, Stephanie, what a great story. I mean, it's it's fantastic, especially, listen, if they live out of town and they inherited it and they pulled out some money from it, they've already gotten paid on it. They want to get rid of it. They want to, you, you know, they're not going to put money into this property to make it look perfect and sell it. And listen, the fact is, you know, when people inherit property, 75% of them sell that property within 90 days of new ownership. So one, it's uh, it's a phenomenal list to go after, a phenomenal segment of the market to go after is people that are either in probate or uh, inherited, right? They inherit this property because you know that they're they're probably not going to keep it. And, and typically the family isn't going to sink significant investment into these properties because they're dated and old and, you know, oftentimes need significant investment to get top dollar for them. So I love it. I mean, so many lessons in that story. Fantastic. So speak now to everybody and and give them words of wisdom, you know, as they're getting started, how do they keep their mindset strong? That's such a good question. So I would definitely say uh, reading is so important. Uh, Listening to podcasts, being around good, great people, being around people who, if you say, Hey, listen, the sky is going to turn blood orange tomorrow. They're going to say, I believe you. I support you. That's what you need to be around. That's what, that's what counts. And I'm going to say this too. Definitely read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If that mindset is not there as far as being an entrepreneur and also read the go-giver. I've been reading the go-giver every week. I heard what you said. I listened to you and it definitely has changed my perspective to serve, to love and care for. I love it. And is that what you do? I mean, do you, do you tap into those things when there is, you know, negative emotions, when there is fear, when there is rejection, when there is the disappointment, what do you tap into during those times? Yeah. So those are the things that my purpose is to love, care for, and serve. That's, and I say that all the time. What is your intention today? Your intention is to give love, joy, and to serve those who suffer from distress. That's your, that's it. That's it. And care for them. Yeah, yeah that's it. And care for them. I love it. Stephanie, yeah. thank you so much. How can people get a hold of you? Obviously, guys, check out Stephanie's uh, YouTube channel at Stephanie Hunt Real Estate on YouTube. But also, how can people reach out if, if they want to connect with you? So I'm also on Facebook. Same things, just Stephanie Hunt. My picture is on there, so you should better find me. And my email, Stephanie Hunt 3, the number 3, as in for three children, three boys. Three boys. Yep, at gmail.com. I love it. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on here. You're an absolute uh, one, you know, having you in, in the community, in our wholesaling Inc Rhino tribe community has been absolutely phenomenal. And so many people have gotten incredible support and and love from you. So thank you so much for that. And uh, thank you for sharing your story. It's been absolutely incredible to one, get to know you, but really understand, you know, the journey that you've been on and it's, it's incredible. So thank you. And same to you, Brent. Listen, thank you for giving instruction 
Thank you for just laying it out. And for all those people who are like wondering, deciding, they're teetering. Listen, I mean, like really, really, you can do a deal without joining the program. You really can't. Like he lays everything out. But if you want it in like a succinct good and have the support and be with people who are doing it all day, every day, then do it. Join it. It's worth it. That's it. That's it. Wholesalinginc.com. Check it out, guys. Wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. If you are interested in joining the most proactive community in real estate investing, and it feels good in your gut when you check it out, sign up for a call and uh, and get into the Rhino Tribe. So that is it. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being on here. And uh, thank you all. It is an honor to speak on this podcast and for you guys to uh, to listen and to go out and take action. So I encourage you all to go out there and talk to people. I love you guys. I'll see you next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.